This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our 9 to 5. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast to you from Cass Lake, Minnesota on the Leech Lake Reservation. The, uh, the I just screwed it up. The just say it for me. Anishinaabe. 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 It is the Leech Lake, Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe is what the sign says out uh, says up front, but you also said that's also it goes by three names. Yeah, Anishinaabe is a name we really use, but the given names are Ojibwe and Chippewa. That's they're we're all one in the same tribe. One of the things we love to do on I Work For Him is just talk with people from around the country about their workplace. But one of the, also the things we love to do on I Work For Him is to connect people within the body of Christ who have not been walking alongside of each other. And for many, many years, Martha and I first came up to Cass Lake, Minnesota, almost 30 years ago as young newlyweds and uh, spent some time here on this very lake where we broadcast today looking out onto the beautiful Cass Lake. Mm-hmm. But we've never had an opportunity on I Work For Him to ever talk to any Native American Christ-following brothers and sisters. And today we've got this incredible opportunity. But before we get to our interview today with Craig and LaDonna Smith, want to just invite you to do two things. Check us out online, iWorkForHim.com. That's iWorkTheNumberForHim.com. Please check us out. Connect with us. Consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. We'd love for you to be praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day as you start to be the person of transformation in your workplace by allowing your own life to be transformed each and every day. Look for ways to serve your your brothers and sisters alongside of you, your people uh, that you work with over and above what your job requires you to do. Look for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace, but all along looking for ways to pray with them when they're having a rough day, but being people of excellence. And Martha, they can also call us. They can. They can call our listener line, Jim. It's um, 866-713-9675. That's 866-713-WORK. And just a reminder, right now we have a giveaway going on, Jim. We do. For um, tickets to go to the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum. So people can call in, leave a message with your contact information so that I can then um, get back to you and... um, we, we will be picking a winner at the first of the month. So this is a great opportunity for people to learn more about the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum in the Cincinnati area. They can call 866 713 
888-900-9675. I can't wait to hear how many phone calls we get today. You know, we tell you all the time, we'd love to hear from you on our listener line to suggest interviews. Well, today's interview was made possible by Martha's sister, Diana. So hats off to Diana Pratt. She told us about Craig Stephen Smith, who wrote this book, White Man's Gospel. And back in 1997, you're like, Jim, seriously, that's an old book. Paul. <laughs> This book was phenomenal, and we got an opportunity to connect with Craig over the phone and said, hey, can you and LaDonna join Martha and I on the air when we're up north? Yes, that's right. If you're from Minnesota, you understand what it means to go up, up north. north. If you're living in Florida, you think that's northern Florida or, or maybe Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> Georgia. No, we're talking Further about up that. north. We're 83 miles or so from the Canadian border, but don't think it's cold here. I'm sweating as we're doing this interview. Uh, it, it is hot in Minnesota in July. But so many of us grew up in schools where our history was taught to us from a unique perspective, but very rarely from the perspective of the gospel and very rarely from the perspective of the gospel and how it interacted with our Native American friends that occupied our land before we got here. Craig Smith wrote this book called White Man's Gospel. And I got to tell you, this is this is helped me understand things that I never really understood before, but Craig and LaDonna Smith, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks, Jim. We're awesome. delighted to be with you. Yes. Yep. Now, uh, LaDonna was uh, breathing uh, slowly early as we walked to the door because I, I come in kind of like a tornado and I've had zero coffee this morning, zero Mountain Dew. She's thankful as, you don't drink record, coffee. <laughs> we're recording this in the morning, but it's going to play in the afternoon uh, and we're so excited that yes. you guys are joining us and just be able to share some of your stories. So first, LaDonna, ladies first. How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Well, my parents, uh, Reverend Herman Williams and my mom, Fern, uh, they were in ministry uh, with the Christian Missionary Alliance for many years. I was five Mm -hmm. years old, and they served on a number of different reservations. And one was in uh, the Crow Creek Reservation in Fort Thompson, South Dakota, where they pastored for 11 years. When I was five years old, we attended a a wake, and uh, there was a child that was about uh, the same age as me, five, and that started questions going to look into a casket and see mm. a child the same age as me. Yeah. Well, my parents were able to take that and uh, lead me to the Lord later that afternoon when oh. I went home. Yes. Now, what wow. um, uh, Native American tribe are you from? Navajo. Navajo. So the Navajo today, the majority of that population is in which part of the country? Well, the, it's down in the Four Corners area, but the biggest portion is in uh, Arizona. Okay. Yes. All right. The Four Corners, and that'd be Colorado, Wyoming, Arizona, New Mexico? Yes. Craig Shane has said no. Utah and Wyoming Arizona. is north well, of Colorado. Oh, did you say Wyoming? I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. You've been on our land this long and you don't even know it, Jim. <laughs> no, that's the part that's of why our, you're here. We need to help. But that's part of the country we haven't driven yet. It's we beautiful. have flown over that, Ooh, Wyoming but is that's part of our goal yes. is to hit, to hit that part of the country. We got to fly to Oregon <clears> a few weeks ago and get to experience that part of the country and people from there, but we've not had the opportunity to drive through the center of the country all the That's way to the coast. That's how you really learn a, oh, yeah. a part really of the area, We've right? seen parts of Texas, right. buddy, you've never seen. I'm, I'm <laughs> we've driven it across twice in the last year. All right, so, Craig, how about you? How yeah. did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Well, I thank God for the history that I have in uh, in the Lord. My, I have to say my story is tied to my family and the exposure of the gospel. My grandmother was one of the very first Ojibwe Indians to come to know Christ. Back in the early 1930s, Alliance missionaries came to this region, and and my grandpa... Right here to this region, Cass Lake, Minnesota. Right in this area. Okay. Yep. And and they 
they were led to the Lord through these missionaries. And then from there, you know, the gospel visited to different generations. My father became a Christian, raised us in a Christian home. And when I was uh, 13 years old uh, at an Indian Bible camp meeting up on the Assiniboine River near Winnipeg, Manitoba, uh, the evangelist there was talking about God's amazing grace. I'll never forget it. And I, even though I was raised in a Christian home, mm-hmm. you know, I, I cannot get to heaven on my dad's faith or my mom's faith. Right. You know, it's personal relationship with Christ. And I knew, I knew I needed to surrender my life to him. And in an old pop-up uh, StarCraft tent camper, you know, the kind where the yeah. canvas pulls out. Anybody lives in Minnesota knows about oh, it, but yeah. in Florida, they don't camp, do pop-up tent camping. campers because it's <laughs> yeah, too hot too for hot that. down there. <laughs> but that's where I got on my knees and surrendered my life to Christ. And uh, he saved me. And uh, I've been serving him ever since. Mm, that's yeah. fantastic. So both of you had grandparents that love the Lord. That's just fantastic. I love that. All right. And your um, Indian tribe is the uh, Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe or Anishinaabe. Anishinaabe. Okay. All right. So, and you grew up in this area. I did. So this you've is seen my many, hometown. You've yeah. seen many rough winters then. <laughs> uh, well, we like to say northern Minnesota in the winter is a land of blonde hair and blue ears because it's so cold. Out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, we didn't even know you you could come into a warming house to, you know, after skating and all after, all evening and being all frozen, you know. But that's just the way we grew up. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm, an, do- I'm, I'm actually an enrolled member of the White Earth Band of Ojibwe, which is west of here. But we've always lived here on Leech Lake Reservation. Mm. And what's funny is Leech, Leech Lake Reservation, which Leech Lake <coughs> is 45 miles south here, 30 miles south here. But it's a big place. All right. So I want to, I really want to get into, we're talking today with Craig and LaDonna Smith. And Martha, did you want to say anything today? Oh, no, this is great. <laughs> I'm just taking notes. I mean, it's fascinating. All right. So I want, you guys have this amazing Christian heritage, but the story of how Christ was first presented to your Native American uh, ancestors. I mean, literally the the as you put in your book, the Anglo's first mm-hmm. came to this country 500 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that initial interaction, which we, we we all have, all all of us that grew up in uh, in the schools here in the states, we were taught about the first Thanksgiving. You know, yeah. we're basically what we weren't told is that really the Native Americans rescued the, mm-hmm. the 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 pilgrims because they were starving to death. Well, we like to jokingly say on the res that uh, Columbus didn't discover the Indians. The Indians discovered him because he was the one who was lost. You know, he was thought he was in India when he got on these shores and that's saw these dark-skinned, half-naked folk running around and said, these are Indians. We've been known as Indians ever since. And a friend of mine uh, from uh, from up in New York State, another native guy, said, aren't you glad they wasn't looking for turkey? <laughs> Can you imagine what we'd have been called? <laughs> but anyway, we jokingly say that. But, you know... Um, you know, let me be the first Native American uh, to say to you and your listeners, if you've never been welcomed here or not, let me be the first Native to welcome mm. you to, to our land. I hope uh, I you. hope you're enjoying the land, and uh, are you finding everything all right? <laughs> That's my question. House, right? It's been fantastic. Let's just talk about uh, your book, <clears throat> The White Man's Gospel. What You, you wrote this book called White Man's Gospel, mm-hmm. but it's not true. It's not the White Man's Gospel. That's right. And and I want to be right up front and say that in case some of your listeners might want to turn me off before we even get a chance to discuss it, because it it may come across that that's what uh, is uh, that's my view on it. And uh, the pro- the challenge we face in Native ministry today is that for uh, for the five hundred years at plus that the gospel has been here, uh, it has been viewed by and large by our people as an enemy rather than a friend. 
because the way it was packaged and brought to us, uh, it came um, connected to the advancement of the, the European cultures here in America, and the spread of the gospel was uh, sometimes more forcible than it was out of a loving, genuine heart that Christ would have wanted it to be done, done in. And the end result is after 500 years, there's been very slow response by our people, not just our tribe, but tribes all across America sure. and Canada. And, uh, and so my, my burden, being a Native American, being a, a follower of Christ, not only a follower of Christ, but one who's, who's deeply in love with his grace and his mercy and understand what he has done in, on the cross on my behalf. And I want our people to understand uh, that this gospel is for us. It's not the white man's gospel. It's God's gospel. And, and it's come down from on high. Right. Everything else on planet Earth, every other human religion has been birthed out of a sin-stained culture. And and yet the gospel has come down. Christ came down. And, and so we're seeing that this come down Savior is unique from any other cult, any other religion in the world. And Oh, he's transformed my life, and I want that to be the same for my people. So I've, I've written the book to encourage our Native people to come out from under the, the bushes of rejection of Christ because he's a white man's God. So, because in many ways, he's not. I mean, he's, he's well, we're just gonna like get into that. We're, I know, and we're going to get into that. Be, I mean, very similar. Very, <laughs> LaDonna keeps smacking. I love this. <laughs> 40 years of smacking. That's right. Okay. That's, Lip smacking and That's smacking. love, my friend. That's, that's love. love, my friend. <laughs> LaDonna, we want to hear from you. Because if we don't call on you, you'll never <laughs> well, get a chance. Quiet. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, I agree with what my husband's saying, really. I, because it's in my heart, too. Uh, yeah, what uh, we need to do to reach our people, because he reached us. We know the freedom and the hope that he, he gives us, and uh, it's for everyone. And uh, yeah, I um, am thankful uh, for my Christian heritage. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's been six uh, six generations on my side, wow. and uh, which is quite unusual because yeah. the Navajos, the Dene, the Navajo, are known to be more traditional. So uh, for them to to have that long heritage of each generation coming to that point of accepting Christ into mm-hmm. their life, and what a difference it's made these many generations. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm happy to be here beside my husband. Actually, I was born here as well when my my dad and mom were serving here for a number of years. So this is home for me too. Oh, that's awesome. So your mom and dad served at the Missionary Alliance Church here on the reservation. Uh, they were they served out at Mocha um, Indian Bible School. Uh, it's it's uh, a word that means sunrise for training of native of native leaders. Uh, okay. And where uh, was that at? It's about five miles out on Old Highway Two. It used to be called Highway Two between here and Bemidji. And does really? that still exist? Yes, mm-hmm. yes it is. It 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 was closed in the seventies for a number of years for about thirty years and reopened. Uh, probably about maybe six, five years ago. And uh, it, it their format is a little bit different, but their goal is to to disciple and train leaders. Native American leaders. Native American okay, Christian Okay, so what was it called again? Because that is something I've never even heard of, and I've come up here for 30 okay. years. Mocha-um. Mocha-um. Yes. Okay. And do you know, does, do they have a website? Uh, yes. Um We'll have to mm-hmm. look, we'll yeah, have to our look brother Bill Haas, who's going to be mm-hmm. here, he he's a director of Mocha. He'll share. share I want to make sure we get it right. Let's he'll, talk, he'll, he'll let's talk right. about that. Yeah, in we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll make sure we get that in the in the next hour. Okay, Ladonna, you guys have been married forty years. 
And how many years have you guys been traveling evangelists? Well, actually, all those 40 years. Okay. Uh, it's it's kind of hilarious in a way because we'll hear from different couples like, oh, he's retired now and he's home and it's too much time here. But you know what? I've never <laughs> known anything different. I've never known anything yeah. different. Served alongside him in evangelistic ministries or uh, out of the home offices. And so uh, all these years. So it's it's been awesome. Yeah. So what does that look like for you guys when you say you're traveling evangelists? What, give me a picture of what that looks like. Well, in the early years, it would have been probably uh, maybe two months at a time mm-hmm. traveling. When the kids eventually came along, they went along with us. And uh, it started with the family ministry of his brothers. And then I joined. And then um, there's music, okay. music, music ministry. ministry along and with and the Lord was calling Craig Moore to preach. So the, the scenario looked a little bit different. And we went into church planting. I'm sure Craig will share a little bit more about that. But yeah, but the kids came along eventually homeschooling and all that was a part of it but we could be together as a family doing it so yes. that was really awesome how many kids you guys have three three kids yeah. and are they all over the country or are they right here uh they're all over the country now yes one in montana one in arizona and one here in southern minnesota so that yeah. that's your fault because you expose them the entire country yes. I know. <laughs> right. they've they taken picked, our they've they taken picked. our grandbabies yeah. from us oh. which, which is painful. Yes. Yes, it is painful, isn't it? Because our, our grandkids are spread across the country as well. And that is, a, is no question. That is a painful deal. All right. So let's just say, Craig, you guys have been traveling. You've traveling homeschool, raising three kids. Mm-hmm. Now, now they're all over the country. Your, your grandkids are all over the country. What would you say um, is this, the key to the success of 40 years of marriage with mm-hmm. you and LaDonna? Now, don't worry. I'm going to ask her this question, too, and she'll have a different answer. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think we had... Uh we have had a commitment to not let the sun go down if we're angry. Uh, and, and we have worked hard at resolving conflict. Anytime you get two people together uh, mm-hmm. from, you know, two different genders and then maybe somewhat different cultures and, and different ways you're raising a family, you know, you're going to think things differently. You're going to look at things differently. And, and I, I've come to find that the problem isn't the problem. Whenever you have a problem with a spouse, your spouse, that's not the real problem. The problem is if you don't seek to resolve it, that's where it becomes the problem. And and it's been our desire to model to our children, you know, what what godly parents look like. When you look in the past with my grandparents, when they came to Christ, they came out of boarding schools, government boarding school experience and a lot of uh, pain and and. It, it, it led to dysfunctionality, brokenness. My grandfather was an alcoholic, and uh, uh, he, he had a lot of uh, anger issues. And uh, His contemporaries would say he was a pretty violent man. And when he came to Christ, he was delivered from all of that. Wow. God set him free. But there was the dysfunction that un- non-believing homes in any culture live with a whole lot of dysfunction. Mm-hmm. But... Every generation that follows the Lord is has the potential of su- being subsequently removed further and further from the pain of the past. Mm-hmm. You begin to put the Word of God and apply the Word of God into your family, you begin to have stability, you begin to have uh, a marriage relationship based on the Word of God that instructs us in how we live. And, and we've found the Word of God to shape us mm-hmm. and make us into His image. And the closer we draw to Him, the closer we draw to each other. Awesome. LaDonna, 
What about for you? What do you uh, see from your perspective? The Word of God. I mean, as a young child and my parents being in ministry, it was very, very important. And uh, looking back, maybe as a kid, maybe a lot of you out there could uh, uh, identify with this, but for devotional times, it was in the morning and the night, and sometime, you know, you're like, oh, you know, not again. But I tell you <laughs> what, the learning the Word and hearing it and learning it and memorizing it when you're mm-hmm. young, mm-hmm. it stays with you. Yeah. You know, even if you're, you, you, you go off the tracks a little bit as you, as a teenager, which mm-hmm. I did. And the, it always brings you back around, you mm-hmm. know, the grace of God, the goodness of God. So I would say what the word says about marriage and family life. And he gives us so many wonderful examples and some not so good examples mm-hmm. of yeah. really, really, I mean, the Bible is so awesome. I mean, it's not boring. It, he's, it's totally real. You can identify with every, aspect every every book and i'm so thankful i'm thankful that the word of god we hold it highly martha you wanted to say something well you know when you were closing out the the last segment um i know your intentions were right but you said that the problem the gospel has caused and Mm -hmm. i i i think we can all agree the gospel probably didn't cause the problem Mm -hmm. right what do you see craig smith sure happen well i think uh uh, the package that the gospel came in Uh. was was the some of the challenge. Uh, also, you know, we have to admit the hardness of heart of, of our people sure. to reject the gospel. And, uh, you know, I love John six forty four, where Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, we can uh, sometimes mess up with uh, methodologies. And that's, you know, when I wrote White Man's Gospel, I had two audiences. One was our Native people to help them see this isn't, the white man's gospel. It isn't the white man's God. Like our people will say that. If you go down to downtown Cass Lake and talk to a native person mm-hmm. about the gospel, oh, that's they'll tell you that's your God. That's the white man's God. Okay. That's why I wrote. That's why I titled the book the way I did. To but get yet, their attention. To get their attention, okay. because Jesus relates to us in his humanity so closely. In fact, you know, our people it, by saying he's a white man's God, that says Jesus is European. <laughs> he wasn't from Berlin. He wasn't from London. Yeah. No, he was a Middle East Mediterranean Jew. He was a minority man. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 7, 7 says God didn't show his love on Israel because they were the mightiest, but they were the fewest. Native America today, in our own land, we are 1% of the total U.S. population. When you talk about minority issues in the news, you hear African-American issues, sometimes Hispanic issues. Do you ever hear Native Americans even being raised in the mix? We are the indigenous people of this land, here by God's sovereign design and his placement according to God's word. That's a fascinating thing. I'd love to unpackage that a bit. But the thing is, our people are just, we're, we're being overlooked. So, that, but, but that's so that's why I wanted to ask that question. I wanted to bring it up because... Everybody listening here today is they're in a workplace somewhere. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the people that we work alongside, our neighbors that we live alongside, uh, sometimes our family members that we spend holidays alongside, we package the gospel in such a way that it becomes repulsive instead of um, attractive. Mm. Yeah. And, and so let's talk about some of the issues with the Native American population, because some of the things in your book, again... I know you're going to find this amazing. Never heard them in my history class. Hmm. Although although we do, we were all 
um, taught that there was a slaughter of the Native Native Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, but a lot of times, you know, there's always perspectives, and you don't. There's no book written from. Uh, well, here's the here's the uh, as you call them the Anglo side, and here's the Native American side mm-hmm. together in one book. That mm-hmm. never happened, which would have been helpful. But you know, you say, um, you know, Jesus wasn't. He's not a white guy. He's not a European guy. Okay, we've had that conversation before on the air. Uh, but what's important about that is you said that the the Native American population. And the Jewish population in your book, you said, mm-hmm. have so many, <laughs> so many correlations between them, both being major minorities in yeah, the world. Explain exactly. that a little bit. Well, yeah, Jesus was born in his humanity. He was born into one culture, and that culture was the children of Israel, the Jewish people. And, you know, God didn't set his love on them because they were the mightiest, but they were the fewest. They were at the bottom of the barrel in terms of the the numbers. So are we in our own land. We are the minority of the minorities. They were a tribal people. You know, the savior of the world was a tribal man. If people have, written the, have read the Old Testament, they will know it's all about the 12 tribes yeah, of Israel. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We have 500 and, 567 federally recognized tribes in the United States. We uh-huh. are a tribal people. Hmm. That's but just also, in the U.S., and there's more tribes, in, of course, in yeah, Canada. Yeah, in Canada as well. That uh, you know, Huge numbers up there. And the interesting thing about Jesus in his humanity, when he was born, the cultural climate of the time, and he was born into the ancestral homeland of his people, Palestine, but it was under the rule of a dominant society. It was the Roman Empire. So, you know, we were, we're born in the ancestral homeland of our people, but it's under the rule of a dominant society. It happens to be European. Jesus was born in the very same kind of cultural climate we have been raised, born and raised in. They're ceremonial people, children of Israel. Our people are ceremon- uh, ceremonial people as well. He came from a, a town that had a bad reputation, Nazareth. Mm. You know what they say about Cass Lake? Can anything good come out of Cass Lake? Sounds familiar, People doesn't only it? say that if they've not been here. But if <laughs> well, they're really Lake Times, of course, we know yeah, all kinds of great things right. can happen. So there's, you know, he, they were great storytellers. Jesus was a storyteller in his mm-hmm. teaching. He taught in parables. We're storytellers. You know, he, he was mistreated in the courts before Pilate and all the rest. He died a violent death. You know, uh, it's these are all similarities that in his humanity, Christ relates to us as native people. So when you share that with your, um, you know, when you're out evangelizing mm -hmm. and talking with people, does that help to resonate the gospel in a whole different way then? Well, I think it it helps as we're ministering among our own people, as we share that, Mm -hmm. what we challenge our native people with is, okay, if you're going to reject Christ, you got to come up with a different reason, (laughs) Okay? okay? Because you're basing your rejection of Christ on something that is not true and you know, and, and and to the church, I would encourage uh, the body of Christ to remember, you know, Jesus never said, follow my followers. That's right. He said, follow me. Yep. Mm. Uh. So sometimes his followers mess up. Oh, yes, for okay. sure. We're talking with Craig and LaDonna Smith today, right here, Cass Lake, Minnesota, from Tribal Rescue Ministries. Find them online, tribalrescue.com, tribalrescue.com. And we're going to give away a copy of the book today, White Man's Gospel right. by Craig Smith, 866-713-9675, 866-713-9675-866-713-WORK. Call, leave a message for Martha, and uh, we'll, the, we'll choose one of those people to get a copy of this book. The rest of you that don't get a free copy, you can go on to the website, tribalrescue.com, tribalrescue.com. This book's going to just open your eyes. And you'll all be entered into the ticket. <coughs> Giveaway. Right, so if you call in to get a the book, the Ark Encounter in the Creation enter- Museum. Yes. Have you guys been out to see that yet? 
You well, we've been, the crea- we've been to the Creation Museum. You haven't been out to the Ark Encounter yet. Not yet. yet. Not oh, yet. Oh, man. No. Got to get out there. So we might put our name in the there book. There you go. Yes, that's right. You can you, call We might win the book. That's right. <laughs> but no, we won't let you win the book. Right. There's some other correlations between the Native American mm-hmm. population and the Jews. And mm-hmm. that was, number one, was the, the, the slaughter, the genocide. Mm-hmm. You know, so many mm-hmm. times in the Jewish history... There have been slaughters of their people. I mean, massive oh from from Huge. from the last four thousand years. There's mm-hmm. been massive slaughters. You know, everybody goes back to the Holocaust, but that was just one of the many slaughters mm-hmm. of yes. the Jewish people. You mentioned in your book that when um, the the colonization of America started, there was somewhere between eight million and twelve million Native Americans on on our land, mm-hmm. and they say somewhere between eight and twelve because they didn't do a census back then, mm-hmm. and people were spread out. They didn't have phone lines, internet to do uh, surveys or anything like that. So that you know, people were and and I don't I don't know if this is were were all Native American populations uh, nomadic where they were moving different areas, or did, did, were there some where they mm-hmm. actually sat still? Well, our, like our tribe, we're we're the the Anishinaabe, we originate in the East Coast, and we migrated up over the Great Lakes. We come to this region. There's Ojibwe's in Canada and the U.S. all around the Great Lakes region. So we have been, by and large, a mobile people. And if we saw land that we wanted, we would fight other tribes for, for mm-hmm. this. This area used to be the Sioux country, but oh. Chippewas and, and the Sioux fought, and now they're in the plains. Right. Okay. And and so. Before the white man ever came and did his misdeeds, we were busy doing our own misdeeds. It all God. goes back to the fallen humanity. <laughs> we're all, we we're all full of pride and disobedience. We're going to talk about that. Okay, but so what you said in your book is that, so it started between 8 and 12 mm-hmm. million, but by the early 1900s, there was 200,000 yeah. Native Americans yeah. left. We were almost totally wiped out. Whole tribes actually are no longer on, on the face of the earth because of war and because of disease right you know, the disease. and that's something that has yeah. been true they yeah. have talked about that in the mm-hmm. media and in mm-hmm. books um i think laura ingles wilder talked about that many times in her books mm-hmm. just how how we brought diseases from europe and those dis- and you guys and the native american population didn't have immunities for exactly it. so yeah. it wiped people out mm-hmm. yeah but one of the other things I mean, is ceremonial i mean your people had a lot of tradition, a lot of ceremony, just like the Jews. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the biggest things that you said in your book that I loved, 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 the, the Europeans, when they came in, and, and I say that it, it wasn't because it was the Spanish, it was the English, it was the French, it was a lot of different populations that came here. They assumed that the Native Americans were not a spiritual people. <laughs> well, in reality, we, they're, they're, they are some of the most spiritual people anywhere. Uh, and, and the thing is, you know, the, if we look at God's word, you see in the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis, the call of Abram uh, by God, and he sends him out and he says, I'm going to make a great nation out of you and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. So God then begins to reveal himself to Israel. The question is, did he reveal himself to all the other nations when he shoot him off the plains of Shinar in the 11th chapter of Genesis and sent him their ways? Uh, did God sit down with each one of those people groups that has their unique languages now and uh, I, I can't take you anywhere in the Word of God to show you where he did that. I can take you in the scriptures where he did that for Israel. I can't take you to scriptures that show you where he did that for well, the other nations. In Romans, it says that but the very nature declares the glory of God. Well, that's a that's a general revelation. All people have that revelation. In fact, you hit the rewind button in all our cultures, we run into each other on the plains of Shinar, right? Right. And from that point on back And they to track back to the flood. Original, I mean, almost yeah. all old cultures, yeah. will, will they have a flood yeah. story. 
you go from that point back to original man, Adam and Eve, according to the word of God, we all come from a single human culture with a single language. Right. And there was a manifestation of God to that single culture. Very clearly, God spoke to Adam and Eve. God spoke to Noah and his family when they came off the ark. Be fruitful, multiply, and spread, fill the earth. So the earth. question was about the spiritual nature of the Native Americans. They mm-hmm. understood spiritual things. They were spiritual people, but they weren't godly people. They understood the dark side of the force. In the 100 and, 147th chapter of the book of uh, Psalms, it says about verse eight, uh, 19 and 20, where God, God showed his ways to Israel, but he not did not do this to any other nation. So we have been, because of the curse of sin, every human culture has been filled with sin. We are spiritual because we all go back to a spiritual encounter with God in our common ancestry between Genesis 1 and 11. We leave the plains of Shinar with spirituality, but we've gone about to establish our own ways. That's what Romans 1 talks about. We began to change the glory of the uncorruptible God into images made like the corruptible man, four-footed beast, creeping things. Then it says God gave them over. All these nations took to a depraved mind. We, that is where our spirituality comes from, a depraved mind. It's spiritual, but it is connected to the counter kingdom. Hmm. But shouldn't that depraved mind have them be open to the message of the gospel? We've got Craig and LaDonna Smith here. They travel across the country to tribal lands across our land and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. LaDonna, I wanted you to have a chance to answer that question that I asked Craig Your people were very spiritual people, the Native American people, going back thousands of years, yet they lived in fear. Yes. um, uh, When our family left here, uh, being among the Ojibwe, the Lord called my mom and dad to his own people, the Four Corners area, Navajo Mountain Mission. And it was an eye-opener for... uh, for we kids, for we had, there were three, uh, four of us, and um, it was very traditional, and we experienced a lot of things there that, uh, in the supernatural realm, we had all all our life, but it seemed to be so much more so there that almost you could cut it with a knife, but, uh, but. Anyway, uh, my dad served there for a number of years, and. Uh, one night he was preaching and he and he finished preaching was going to uh, close it up and uh, the community medicine man came in mm. Pete Gray Eyes and his whole family and they came and sat up at the front and uh, Dad pre- re-preached his whole sermon again because he knew they were unsaved ah. and uh, preached it again and as a result of that he came his whole family came to the Lord oh, and the, the reason why they had almost as a last resort other. Um, medicine men were cursing him because of the, his clientele and he uh, ended up they were ganging on him and he was losing his livestock their health and a lot of uh, things and he realized that his power uh, and the fear that it brought was was tremendous so mm-hmm. so he um, uh, prayed to receive Christ and he just recently went, this was back in the 70s, uh-huh. my dad discipled him, uh, He, uh, his whole family followed the Lord, and up until he just passed away a few years ago, Pete Gray was a Bible man. Because wow. he was traditional, born in that, he could, he could take the word of God, and he knew 
He knew the coulds and could nots for obedience in the word. And he knew that there was safety there and, and no fear there when he was obedient to the word of God. And he loved the Lord. It wasn't a fear factor to him anymore. Oh, wonderful. And that's the me- that's just mm-hmm. the amazing message behind the gospel. Mm-hmm. Because that, it, it works like that for anybody uh, in releasing us from fear. Because so many people live in fear. They, they live in fear and emptiness all across the world. Craig, I think one of the last questions I want to ask is, okay, we're, we're, on, we're on reservation land here where we are in Castle Lake, Minnesota. And I have often heard from many people who come up here with us on vacation, people that live here that we know, um, that... And we, because this, this is a land full of a lot of vacationing, we'll just call them white people and (laughs) a lot of people that native Americans that live here and a lot of people that in between people that are, I mean, it's a very mixed culture yet. A lot of the people that I know have said, Hey, when we're interacting with the native Americans in the city, they won't ever look us in the eyes. Hmm. How how Mm -hmm. do we as Christ followers start that interaction? Mm -hmm. How do we gain that relationship Mm -hmm. in order to get our, our, People that are alienated by the gospel, how do we get them to interact with us and look us in the eyes? Well, I think in a small way, I would say that uh, a part of that is a cultural thing. When we greet each other, oftentimes we'll shake hands. We won't look, we won't even look each other in the eye. It's kind of a Mm. look away thing. It's maybe it's a, uh, I think you can interpret different ways. Maybe respectful by some to do it that way. Others may say, you know, it may be based on a mistrust. Uh, When it's cross-cultural though, uh, I think there's, there's the ingrained barriers that have to be crossed. And if it starts that way, you just have to kind of push through and continue to lovingly build relationships with our people. You know, Cass Lake, as you said, is a mixed community. I right. grew up in this community. I'm, na- I'm native, but I also have uh, mixed blood. And so I, I feel like I straddle the fence between these two worlds, navigating in between the two cultures. But, you know, we, we go to school together. We shop together. We we play sports together. We do all kinds of things together. Uh, the native and the non-native people. A lot of intermarriage too. Intermarriage, yeah. We we and so I think that's probably a a, a stranger issue where you want to first build relationship. You know, build a friendship. It may start that way, but the more you interact with a native person, the trust level will be there, and you you'll build trust and you build relationship that will. That will be a, a tool by which the love of Christ can be brought into a, a native person's home. Our people are not resistant to the gospel. It's 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 they are zealous. They are spiritually z- zealous people. Hmm. We were reading this morning our devotions. It's in Proverbs. It's not good to have zeal without knowledge. And Paul said to the Romans, he said, uh, in Romans uh, 10, he said, My heart's desire and prayer to God for my people is that they would be saved. For I bear them record, they have a zeal for God. They're spiritual people, but that zeal is not based according to knowledge. That's Native America. Mm-hmm. We have our own ways that that need to be uh, addressed by the, the truth of the gospel. So we've been talking with Craig and LaDonna Smith right here in Cass Lake, sitting around their table. This is so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that with us. And you can find out more about what they're doing at tribalrescue.com. And I just want to remind our listeners, Jim, to call in to 866-713-9675, where they can get the opportunity to win a copy of the book we've been talking about, which is White Man's Gospel, and then also be entered into our ticket giveaway for the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum. Uh- LaDonna, you guys travel across the country, 
and you're going to tribal lands across the country. You're dealing with people from all different kinds of tribes. Talk to me about how, if let's just say that we've got people listening today that say, well, I want them to come to speak to our area, to, to, to our Native American population in our area. How do they get a hold of you and how do they engage you? How do they schedule you? Well, I'll tell you what, um, Native America has a lot of great connections uh, throughout the land and, and they pretty well, pretty well can get a hold of each other. Uh, you can uh, get a hold of us at tribalrescue.com as well. But um, yes, uh, we'd, we'd be happy to come. There's There are many different uh, uh, Native believers in, that would be also available to come and speak and share as well. So there is a network out mm-hmm. there of, of Native American believers who really love the Lord, and I'm sure they would be happy to be tapped into coming to their community. Craig, I'm going to give you a free-for-all because I know you'd love to, love to be able to get a soapbox or prepare your soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that I, I love is that you shared in one story how you got an opportunity to go to the Aboriginal land in Australia. Yeah. And you got a chance yeah. to share with natives in mm-hmm. uh, Australia. And they immediately responded, they immediately responded to um, you because you were speaking their language. Oh, yeah. Talk yeah. to us about that. Well, it was, uh, I was asked to speak at a national church gathering down there in, uh, um, in Australia. There was uh, both the Anglo churches and the Aboriginal ministries there mm-hmm. that, this, uh, that the denomination was, was reaching out to. And we flew in about 30 hours to get down there. It was, we were tired, middle of the night, you know, got in at nine o'clock in the morning, my first message. And I shared the story of the gospel among our people here in America and the challenges and difficulties and all of that. And at the end of the message, the, the Aboriginal believers just came storming the platform. They came running. I was actually, to be honest with you, they were a little nervous. I don't know if they were angry or what. Their eyes were blazed, and uh, closer they got, I could see tears running down their face. Fantastic. And they they came to me and they said, "Craig, nobody has told our story. You told our story. What has happened to us? What happened to you guys happened to us too." And and it was and there was just this immediate accept acceptance and a level of of. Uh, commonality there that knit our hearts together. Mm-hmm. There was an American missionary watching this. He pulled me aside and he told me, he said, Craig, I have been here for 25 years. You got here last night, preached your first message. You've gotten to the heart of the Aborigines at a level I've yet to reach after 25 years of ministry. Wow. That's what I call the potential of Native America mm-hmm. for God's purposes and God's glory to reach not only our own people with the gospel, but the world. Mm-hmm. We can accelerate the gospel by Native Americans going and fulfilling the Great Commission. Tribal Rescue Ministries. Find them online, tribalrescue.com, tribalrescue.com. Craig and LaDonna Smith, thanks for hosting us here in mm-hmm. Cass Lake, Minnesota. Thanks for sharing your home. Thanks for sharing a little of your story, and thanks for sharing the story, White Man's Gospel. So excited that you wrote this book because it opened our eyes. 866-713-9675, 866-713-9675. Call, get a copy of the book. White Man's Gospel. Craig and LaDonna, thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. Thank Thank you, Martha. It's been a joy. Great. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work work for him. him.